Mm-hmm. Is it real? Is it going right now? Oh yeah, we're hot. It's going right now? We're so hot. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is a very special episode. Very special. Very special. I'm Chris Baca and guess who's back in Santa Cruz? Jared Truby. Jared Truby's That's back me. in Santa Cruz. He just showed up today, beanie on, saying, you know what, Chris? I'm going to hit the hook, brah. <laughs> I'm, <gonna, laughs> I'm going surfing. I'm going surfing. I'm home after a long time. His wetsuit was rotted out so hard he came home with a literal black ring around his neck. It was my old wetsuit, Chris. It was my old wetsuit. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. I live uh, with my wife's grandparents in Bonnie Dune in a nice, uh, well-made wood structure called a house. It's in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different time now, but I'm uh, at the pinnacle of what we call hustling. Every day he's hustling. I am hustling. So for all the episodes you've been listening to for the past couple months, they've all been done on the road via Skype. We've been doing it. So thanks for keeping up with us. It's been really fun to do it, but yeah. we really like doing them in person. So this is the first one we've done in person for a while. So it's like Christmas time. Since Christmas time. Stoked on it. No big Back deal. in the game. Couple little updates just to get things cracking right away. SCAA trade shows coming up. Hot in Atlanta. just a couple weeks in Atlanta, we just booked all of our commitments. So got our flight locked down, hotels locked down, and we're doing some booth work for La Marzocco, Curtis, Akaya, Melkonig. And if you want to see our schedule, you can go over to catandcloud.com. There's a banner on the front page of the website that links to our booth schedule at the show. So if you want to come on, pop by, say what's up, have some coffee, high fives, whatever. Yep. We'd be stoked yep. to see you. That's going to be exciting. And we're going to be at the uh, La Marzocco Partner Summit as well, serving some hot beans with a bunch of uh, sweet other uh, companies. We've collaborated, and that'll be fun as well, working with La Marzocco there. Super pumped on that. So that's actually after the show. Yep. So if you're around after the show and you're invited to the Partner Summit, I don't know exactly how that works. There's a lot of people going. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be fun. But we're excited to serve you guys some coffee. Chris and I will both be making coffee on the La Marzocco gear. And uh, what's fun about that this year is we... Everybody, there's four companies, I believe, and we're all collaborating on a melange. So basically what that means for y'all who don't know what a melange is, we've selected a coffee and all four of these companies are going to roast it in their own way and we're going to blend it together to make one espresso blend. And we're also going to be serving all those coffees individually as filter coffee throughout the day. So that'll kind of be a really fun uh, experiment and you're going to be able to see kind of the roast styles of all these companies in one place on the same coffee, which doesn't happen often maybe ever maybe this is the first time thing shout out to ryan wilbur wilbur's putting it together putting it together together. he's doing a real blender (laughs) he's on a blender he's on a blender (laughs) full-on blender (laughs) (laughs) we're also going to be emceeing the u.s aeropress championship Mm. which is going to take place at chattahoochee west side 790 huff road if you guys are all there it's on saturday night and jared and i are going to be rocking the mic pete Licata, Matt Perger, a.k.a. Pergman, a.k.a. Birdman, a.k.a. Pergtamp, a.k.a. Pergtamp, and Michael Phillips, a.k.a. One Shot for the Road, are going to be judging it. <laughs> I'm super pumped on that. Uh, the AeroPress format, is, the coffee's really good, but it's kind of a lighthearted, fun format, so yeah. it should be a really good time accompanied by a party. And shout out to Elizabeth Chai who's organizing the whole thing. Yeah, she's AKA killing Chai it. Chai Americano. She made a Richter poster. She's been putting in a lot of hours doing some work. So thanks for that. Yep, doing, she's a great gal. Doing the good work. Crushing it. Great gal. Great pal. Great gal. Great pal. 
Great Poupon. Great Great Poupon. Yeah, big shout out to her, though. Big things going down. What else is going down? I think those are some pretty solid updates. That's the big updates. The build out is going bonkers. Yeah, you're going to see some photos. Keep an eye out, y'all. We'll put them up soon. If you are lurking around on the Instagram, just type in the hashtag 3600 Portola, 3600 Portola, and you can see some pictures from our build out. I put one up this morning, but then we went back in the afternoon and the game had totally changed. We had literally no walls. Yeah. Everything reframed for new windows, roll up doors. We called our contractor Nico, who is just a beast. Yeah. Shout out to Nico. You started listening to this, Nico. Nico. Nico's like, I want to brag, but I'm not fucking around. (laughs) He's like, we're trying to get it done. He's like, I'm trying to get it done, quote unquote. So I'm like, thank you, because we're trying to get it done too. I'm not trying to live in grandma and grandpa's house forever. Jared's going to move out one day. <laughs> it's going to be sweet. I go to a movie on a school night like that. I'm a big kid now, <laughs> Grandma. You check this out. No, you don't need to buy me tacos. Oh, I'm okay. going to buy my own tacos. It's okay, Grandma. <laughs> I'm okay. It's $7.95 plus tax. I yeah. got this. No, I got this. <laughs> I don't deal. even need to put it on the credit card. <laughs> can we uh, put that on the work card? No, no, no. I can pay now. Right now. <laughs> can we write it off? <laughs> <laughs> I have cash. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. And it's not, and it's not under the table. It's not... It's not a petty cash. It's a real deal. <laughs> I'm claiming it. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the big updates, right? Yeah. We'll keep posting pictures. I think a lot we are through permitting, so a lot of stuff is going to start to happen really quickly. So we should have more updates for everyone who's interested. Managing a build out's pretty wild, but it's been fun. Shout out to Charles Jack, the third member of the, the Cat and, and Cloud of Cat and Cloud <laughs> of the Cat and Cloud team. He's not here right now, but he's been doing a ton of stuff. To manage the build out, a ton of stuff working with our banks and doing our financials and keeping everything in check and making sure we're organized and dialed in and keeping the energy high. Energy is high with Chuck. Energy is high. Those are the updates. We got a couple questions we wanted to answer for y'all because we haven't sat together and answered questions in a minute. And uh, you know, Chris, you should pull us up. Let's get to let's get to business. Let's get to business. Let's get to business. Podcast Q. I don't know if there's a name on this one, but it says As a coffee shop employee in Santa Barbara, I'm always curious about the flow of other coffee shops. I was wondering if you guys could share your top five or even one coffee shop disaster experiences during a shift and what did you learn from them or how did you handle the situation with customers and the flow of the cafe? Thanks. Keep it cloudy with a chance of cats. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually, that's a really good question. I think there's there's a bunch of different interesting scenarios. That one I could just get off the table. Try your best to not come to work hungover. Start there. I mean, because that always ends up funky in some way, shape, or form. No matter where you are in the mix, if you can't pull it together and do a really good job focusing at work, especially in a high-volume cafe, um, it's it's going to put a damper on everybody's day a little bit. And so there, everybody's going to make a mistake, and you're going to come to work hungover. But if you do it that one time, learn from it, and don't be one of those people who comes to work hungover all the time. Like, Get some rest. Come to work. Because there's like 500 different ways I've seen a, a, a hungover person mess up a day, including myself once or twice. Definitely done it before. Yeah, for not sure. cool. Yeah. It's for not you or anyone. <laughs> and if you're going to just go get Richter drunk, match it one for one. Every whiskey you pound... Drink a glass of water. Every single time. It's good. Every single time, you're going to be like, I'm too full, but it'll help. And a vitamin C with that, too. <laughs> Let me just help <laughs> you out. A little vitamin C, a little fat. We're just trying to help you out here. A little coconut oil at the end of the night. 
my biggest disaster experience didn't really have anything to do with the flow of the cafe, but I was at four one at the bar above the sinks. And there was a woman who had ordered a chai sitting on the other side on a stool. She had a chai and I was like, I'm going to be a nice guy and not use the drink service area. I'm going to bring her drink right to her. Mm -hmm. So I walked over a couple steps, put the chai on the counter and started to slide it across the counter and it caught on the counter and I spilled a 16 ounce chai all over this woman. (laughs) It was amazing. She's all, this is hot. I was so freaked out and scared. (laughs) She was really cool about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I just spilled chai all over you. What do I need to do? I'll pay for your dress. You know, that whole thing. Because I don't know. It's like, it's a, you know. Yeah. Depending on what kind of clothes you're rocking, I'd be bummed if someone spilled chai on like if I had some brand new fits going on. It was like Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I was headed to the club. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Always headed to the club on a Saturday. The sports club. Yeah. But that, that's I don't, a big one. Yeah, I don't know what I learned from that. I think I learned to just people are actually pretty cool and understanding when you mess up as long as you offer to make it right. I think some of the biggest problems that I've seen are it always almost always comes down to either lack of communication or lack of training. So um, one thing that I have always had an issue with is somebody who is working and taking the order is not necessarily caring so much about what is going on in the whole picture they're just caring about getting the transaction done and what they do is they either they don't write down something that's really important to the order or they don't write down the person's name or they don't write down something that is communicative that allows you as the barista who's making coffee or the person who's making coffee to get the correct order out and it's a consistent thing and so you'll get a lot of if you're a good company you're going to remake these drinks when you hand them out and they're wrong and what really really becomes an issue and makes everybody frustrated is you throw a mistake like it was supposed to be almond milk but it wasn't and so you make this great latte and you hand it out you call it the person's name correctly and it's wrong you're all okay cool i'll get to it and then the next drink doesn't have the person's name on it and so you call it out you remake that drink you call it the next person's name or drink accurately and the wrong person grabs it And it's the wrong drink altogether. And you've got this like discombobulation from somebody who is essentially checking boxes and maybe moving too quickly, trying to get things done fast without being accurate. And then the whole building suffers. And it's not it's not necessarily the worst thing for the people making the coffee. You just remake it and you get a little frustrated. But all the people out in the in the service area feel like the whole company is lacking professionalism and it becomes really whack when you know, if you're paying attention on that register or however you guys run your service and somebody throws an audible and you forget to put it on either a ticket or whatever your communication game is, and you'd rather not just step over and say, hey, oh yeah, by the way, that's soy, that's soy, that's soy, that's almond milk, that's for John, whatever the case may be, like you make sure it happens and you take ownership of your position. If that doesn't happen from like whatever your initial intro position is up, you got yourself the worst cluster ever that makes... I mean, it'll make me as like a quote unquote professional barista who's done this forever look like an idiot. And I can take looking like an idiot, but it's still frustrating because somebody might think to themselves, I came here to see this person or that person make coffee and I thought they were good at it and they're messing up my order all over the place. And so it's like this just like 
this thing it's like the domino effect of failures all over the place based on potentially somebody <laughs> somebody it's a failure domino <laughs> yeah, it's like no no it's all going down i swear we care about you and there's there's ways to fix that but you know i feel like that's a huge issue and that's that's you know one two three fold that's either a personal problem or it's a training problem or it's you know that can go deep but that's been the one that i've consistently seen throughout the years the thing that i hate the most and experience from the customer side is coffee shop customers including myself are picky they want it just so they want it how they want it and that's totally cool we should give that to them and oftentimes there are requests that aren't built into the normal standard of the company so some things that i do is i'll get an espresso and i want a little bit of coffee not a small coffee i just want like three or four ounces of coffee whether Mm -hmm. it's in a cappuccino for here cup or a gibraltar cup um other company other customers have similar quirks that they ask for and sometimes it's like a total shit show because nobody knows how to ring it up nobody knows what's going on and they have to ask 35 people and what should be like a pretty simple 30 second transaction turns into like a three minute thing where like Ooh, oh, you want to oh, like a little sidecar? Okay, like oh, I don't really have a price for that. Hang on, let me go check with so and so. Let's see. Oh, oh, manager's not here. Hey, what do you think we should do? Uh, blah blah blah. And then the lines building up. Oh. And then what I would want to see is just for someone to make the call and be like, "Cool, I, I don't know how much that is. I'm just gonna charge you a dollar right. or whatever. Play through, keep the line moving, and then at the end of the day, you can double back with your manager or your whoever they are in charge and be like." Hey, this scenario came up. This is what I did. What should we do going forward? Maybe we should have something going on for this. Mm-hmm. And then fix it on the back end on your time instead of wasting the customer's time. No, big That's time. what happens to me all the time. There's there's one more that comes to mind based on you speaking like that 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 probably drives me the most crazy and it's it's anybody asking a question and having it be blatantly obvious that the person who you're the the person you're asking the question to behind the counter either doesn't doesn't know and is unwilling to give you like find you an answer so for instance it's for me one of the biggest ones is when you ask them about the coffee and they are so unsure of their product and whatever's going on behind the counter that they're unwilling to even give you a suggestion or if you say like what's your favorite right now or what's this coffee that you're serving tastes like this columbia and they they instead of even giving you like a textbook answer that hopefully they've been trained on, they don't even ask anybody and they kind of just play like kind of play dumb. And what that does to me is it makes me think you don't care at all about this thing that you're serving. And, or it makes me think like, what's up with the management team and leadership team here. That's like, are they into coffee? Cause if they were into coffee or whatever you're serving, they'd be talking to you about it because they just can't help it. Like what's going on here. That's making this place unable to just like pick a pastry for me or pick the, your favorite espresso of the day or you know like why why can't you be passionate about your product and that that honestly is probably like one of the biggest things that drives me crazy is like a, a lack of passion or confidence to just like help a consumer get to z and i feel like it's a really easy one that you could all do in coffee any single place take leadership take ownership of what you're doing and just like be the person that everybody wants you to be when they come order from you. You're the professional in your shop. I'm not. I theoretically may have more experience than you, but it's not my shop. And it's like, it's this thing I always do. When I go to my dad's house, he makes me coffee on his auto everything because 
his coffee always on that thing tastes better than mine because he knows how it works and he does not know how to make coffee very well. But when I go to do it, I get all scientific. I bring out scales and do this, that, and the other and try to put it on his deal and it doesn't work. And he goes and he just puts a couple scoops in there with my coffee and I'm like, yeah, it's way better because <laughs> it's his. So it's not the exact same correlation, but do, do, please do that in your shops. Do it, do it. That's a good question. I like that question. Uh, the second question we have is from Kevin. Kevin says, hey guys, love the podcast. Listen to it while driving to the shop. Have a question about competing in brew and or barista competitions. Did my first latte art comp last week in Santa Cruz. This was a while ago, so it was more than a few weeks ago. Met Chris too. Hi. What up? Was hanging with Bolano Peep. Yeah, dude. I know you guys. Come Bolano, on. Now. Great. Come on. Was feeling it and I'm falling in love with competing. How did you guys get started? And I heard it gets expensive. How did y'all pay for it? Hope you guys reply. Shout out to Blue Bottle in Palo Alto. Shout out to Blue Bottle in Palo Alto. What did I say? Paddle Apple? Yeah, Paddle Alto. Paddle Apple. We're doing a nice Paddle Alto. Shout out to Paddle Apple. <laughs> I paddled Alto this morning. Uh, whew, That's a surfing term. Kevin, let me tell you a messed up story. It gets really expensive. The really expensive. Really expensive. So this one thing happened. The first time I did a barista competition was the first one that Jared did too. It was a regional. It was the Western Regional Barista Competition 06, I guess it was. Yeah, something like that. So the experience was rad. I had a blast and was like, I need to do this again. It just needs to happen. I was at that point in time where I was just super getting juiced on the coffee culture. I didn't really have any coffee friends. No one else was in this zone that I was in because I was in a little town all by myself, which is maybe like one or two other people that were kind of into coffee. So I'm like, okay, I got to go to the USBC because it's coming up in like a month or two. And at that time, you, it was open sign up, so you didn't really have to qualify. Anybody could sign up. And it was in North Carolina. Come on and raise up. <laughs> and I signed myself up, and I was super broke. I was, I don't know how old at the time, decently young. 16. 16 and a half, maybe 13. <laughs> and I maxed out my credit cards, paying for my hotel and my flights, and I had a ton of extra luggage. Because I had to carry it all on, everything, you know, I bet trays, free cups. It was, some of it was free, more free than it was now, but I did have to pay for some, I was still overweight yeah. on like a oh couple yeah. things. Over the 45. Over the 45. Oh so yeah. I was just like, ah, shelling out. So thousands of dollars on my credit card. And I landed in North Carolina knowing nobody. And it was fantastic. And I'm not recommending that you do that, but I'm saying you do what maybe you have to do to get it done. It definitely wasn't the smartest move ever. Um, but that's how I did it. And, and there on out, our company's paid for everything. Yeah. Once, for. once I got past that little lump and started working at ritual, that was a whole different experience. Mm -hmm. The crew there, Eileen and Jeremy at the time were just super supportive of everything that the baristas wanted to do. So they would foot the bill for yeah. all that stuff. And I paid for little things here and there that I, cause I'm an excessive weirdo. So I probably spend too much money, buy too many things. But yeah, if you can land in a place where people really want to support you, talk to your managers, talk to your boss. Yeah, People will do more for hungry, enthusiastic baristas than you might think. Yeah. it's, And I mean, it does cost a lot to, to potentially do a good job. And what I mean by that is unless you are really experienced, you're going to need to learn your coffee 
on this really deep level, whatever coffee you would decide to choose from. And it ends up costing a lot because you go through a lot of that coffee getting to know it, which, you know, as we all know, is is either it's not wasteful because you're using it for a reason, but it's it's a lot of product to go through. It's a lot of milk to get it really good at nailing those competition cappuccinos and sharing pictures and um, picture sharing, which is, you know, for y'all who don't know, you you steam the amount of milk in one pitcher to serve two to four to three, however many you decide, I guess. Anyway, so, I mean, there's a lot of um, wasted sort of product in, in getting really good at this, which is something Chris spoke on once upon a time is sustainability. And he was trying to find a way, which would have been next level, to do it completely certified green oh yeah remember like it didn't end up working out and you did you ended up talking about water waste but you were trying to do the whole thing that was with a certification oh, oh like, man. man this is certified no waste i forgot about that that was crazy yeah so i did this water waste performance um with graciano cruz's coffees cutting emissions cutting water waste and i started the process to see if i could get my whole competition routine and the practice leading up to it certified carbon neutral yeah that would have been so next level so i talked to a couple people who did that it ended up being too expensive but my idea mm -hmm. was okay i'm going to chart and plot everything that i use like every drop of milk every time i drive my car to work every like the electricity that i use yeah. and then try to offset that in some way whether it's you know planting trees somewhere totally it, it just was like a total wormhole i still love the idea Sick, yeah. <laughs> but it was next level it was way out of my budget at the time to go through that whole it's process a lot of time and do too. all this stuff yeah it's a lot of time and just like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> anyway it's, it's expensive it's expensive spin it from both angles though if you're at a company and you see value in the competition for yourself let your superiors know how you think what you'll gain in experience will affect the crew. So yeah. you're going to go through a whole learning experience. You're going to be a better barista, more educated person because of it. Offer to pay that forward to some of the staff. You're going to have this expertise. You should want to share that with everyone. If you can show your owner operator slash manager that this is going to benefit more than just you and have a positive impact on the business and the coffee culture of the business overall, you probably have a better chance of them supporting you because it's a win-win for sure for everybody. There you go. Boom. Kevin, totally worth it, by the way. how it goes. Totally worth it. Oh, man. Let's scroll down. That's a long one. That was a good long one. I don't even know what's happening. All right. Let's get in. Dude, let's talk about... Let's talk about Jasper's question. All right. Are Jasper Wild. Mm -hmm. This is a good one. We've been sitting on it for a while. I'm going to truncate some of this and just shorten it up a little bit. So the podcast is great and inspiring. Thanks. Every time I listen, I get psyched on my coffee community. Oh, this is so fun. Super pumped to share the love. Or may or may not have binge listened to a bunch of podcasts, drank a bottle of Malbec, slept six hours, woke up drunk, then opened up the shop, stoked to be alive while listening to Amelia on repeat. Nice. <laughs> how, was, how was your focus? <laughs> she then evaluated the more questionable misogynistic lyrics. This is amazing. She says some other cool stuff. Talks about a tamper. We'll get at you about that, Jasper. So I have a cue that needs an A. Baristas choose music to play as an extension of their style and a well-crafted playlist slash album can elevate, enhance, or alienate customer interaction. I don't mean playing Sia Chandelier at 6 a.m. on a Monday. Many of our favorite artist lyrics can be sexist, homophobic, offensive, I've been very upset when certain songs come on in my own cafe, Beastie Boys, Girls, as an example, 
and I've seen some of my customers get uncomfortable when a song's playing that is overtly sexual. Here's the big question. Is it appropriate for baristas to play hip-hop slash rap with swearing, specifically, insert N-bomb here, primarily when none of the baristas are African-American? The specialty coffee shop is a poster child for gentrification, and it seems extremely insensitive to blast Hendrick Lamar, blah, had a trip up right there, with all or nearly all white staff in a neighborhood that not two years before had been home to lower-income African-American. In my off time, I am down for Kendrick. Performance of the Grammys, crushed it. But is it appropriate for me to play the Black or the Berry into Hayes Valley <laughs> when his target audience is closer to the homeless black man looking in my trash than the 37-year-old techie millionaire ordering an almond latte? I'm the biggest hypocrite in 2016. Maybe this is actually a comp speech. I would love to hear your comments. That's the meat and potatoes of the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty rad question and some pretty rad things to think about. So there's, uh, in my mind, there's different answers for different situations. So you have situation X where the music choice, a lot of cafes, the music choice isn't up to the barista. So if you work in one of those places, then it's completely out of your hands. Yep. And then you're kind of stuck with, if the owner of your business thinks that blasting Kendrick Lamar is down, that's just pretty much what you got to go with. Yeah. You either got to stay or you got to leave on your beliefs. You got <laughs> to like, you got to roll with that or talk um, to them. Whoa. It's okay. They Are we good? Yeah, oh, we okay. Good. It's just power. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had a technical issue. We're back in the zone. Technically awesome. <laughs> and then, then a, a couple questions that I have or, or a couple things to think about is, if your customers are obviously offended by it, I would definitely suggest changing the music because at the end of the day, it really, everything is about them, you know, really depending on what kind of, I'm assuming, I mean, I know ritual, so I'm assuming that you want your customers to come in, feel comfortable and have an awesome experience, which is what we would want. Mm -hmm. So if we noticed that we were blasting music and it just made the general public like really, really uneasy, I would probably change that music. Yeah. And for me, I just go, well, if you don't want cussing in it, there's edited everything nowadays. You can get clean versions of pretty much anything. Why don't you just get a clean version? I think what she's saying is maybe less about the actual swearing and more about like the, the message and idea. social implications of what's going on in it from Beastie Boys. Right. Girls yeah. Doesn't. So there's that. So I'd say like if the customers are bummed, you maybe should reevaluate. And that's a big one coming from me because I'm always like, dude, it's my shit. It's got to be my way. I don't fucking right. care. Like, people are going to listen to what I want. But really, at the end of the day, I want my customers to feel comfortable. Uh, if your customers are comfortable with that kind of music, depending on where you are, I actually don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Music yeah. for me is like a really almost Zen spiritual thing that kind of goes straight to my soul. And I feel like it crosses over color color barriers and you know all those different kinds of social barriers and if you know if you're down for kendrick and you want to blast that and your customers are down for that i think that's chill i get what you're saying about the insane urban gentrification that's happening it's like a thing i don't you know but i would just say be true to you feel comfortable with that 
but listen to your customers also. It'd be interesting to take a survey. Yeah, you'd have to kind of survey out. It's kind of hard to tell, right? Because it's like if it's not broke, don't fix it. A survey would... I'm a fan of surveys. Me too. I would be into a survey. I don't know how that would work on the cafe level. Maybe like an iPad out there. And I am I know you, so I'm sure you have good rapport with your customers. It would probably be really easy to be like, hey, real talk. Like, what's what do you think? What's going on? Yeah. Or trade, some, trade them a free drink for filling out a survey monkey for you on the internet. Yeah. Like a passcode. That would be sweet. And then you can curate the playlist that your neighborhood wants to see yeah that your customers want to see and also just on that note it's like i think you could find somebody who has a frustration like if you're looking to have an issue with something you're gonna have it like country music any music out there somebody's gonna have an issue with it for some reason it's like i worked at a place that i liked a lot of the music and then there's like a younger population who comes in is like this is so old and this is so this and this is so that and it's like they it all just kind of depends on the reason obviously offensive stuff's offensive stuff so you gotta be really sensitive to straightforward offensive things but there's a lot of subtly offensive stuff that some people take sensitively and some people don't and it's a it's really complex to be a human being in business who is and in service especially because everybody is different and nobody's getting it 100 percent ever so it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of focus I think a survey is the best thing ever. Yeah, do a survey. Cr- crush that survey. And if you do the survey, I want to see it because I'm really curious to see what people like. But no doubt. Just to reloop on this one part where it says, is it appropriate to play hip hop, rap, and swearing when none of the baristas are African-American? I don't think that matters at all. Whether no. your staff is mostly white, mostly black, mostly brown, mostly green... Whatever it's if, if they're green, are, they're hungover. If, you, if they're green, they're hungover. And if people are identifying with that music and generally vibing in with it, I don't think it's like, you know, I mean, dropping n bombs in certain contexts is definitely like offensive. You probably don't want that going off in your cafe. But I don't think if all of your baristas are African American, it suddenly makes that all right. No, like it's okay to drop in bombs in the cafe because all my baristas are African-American. I don't really buy that. If people that are offended by that are going to be offended by that because it's offensive. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love hip hop as much as anybody. Well, Maybe more than some people. More than a lot of people. That's that's some real talk. That's for damn sure. Thanks, Jasper. Good question, Jaspy. Feeling it. Hope you like your tamper. Oh, yeah. She had a question about the tamper. We'll get to you on the tamper. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I'm scrolling through magic right now. This one's pretty funny. Okay. Crema. More or or better. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) It's a straightforward question. You guys crema is more better. Question mark. Uh, no, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not for everybody in the world, but it's not worth either. It's not worse either. No, it's, it's, uh, it's mostly in my opinion, aromatics is what it mostly is. And it adds a little bitterness to a coffee. It's yeah, it's not a standalone thing. And if you know, if you're pulling espresso and it's super fresh, let's say it's day two or three, right? It's gonna have more crema than if you're rocking day seven or eight. But it doesn't mean that you want that because that super fresh coffee is probably not gonna taste as awesome as the aged out coffee, depending on what you're doing with the roasting and yeah. and where your game's at. I agree. For me, it's mostly aromatics too. Yeah. So my routine is I pull the shot into the cup. I put the cup under my nose. Smell that, baby. I smell it. I swirl it around. I get the bubbles popping, the crema moving. I breathe that in. 
Mm. <sighs> smells good, doesn't it? Smells good. Hopefully. Then I stir that thing a little more and just drink it. Yeah. When so as long as there's some that's contributing to aromatics, I think that's great. There has to be some. There has to be some. If there's no crema on your espresso, something's up with your coffee. It's either really, 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 really old. Yeah. Or your espresso machine has maybe no pressure. Yeah, something's getting weird. Or <laughs> something wrong. But but maybe for the people who are um, maybe not quite on the same level as you and I, if you go to a coffee shop and they talk about how they have so much crema and that means their coffee's good, that is definitely not necessarily the truth. Yeah, crema is a byproduct of brewing with the espresso method. Right. If you brew under enough pressure, you're going to get some kind of crema. But you always want to dial in to that taste and tactile zone that you want. Like taste is ruling the world. That's the thing you're chasing. And then however much crema you end up with when your age and your specs are proper for your espresso, that's just what you get. You don't need to think any more about it. It's just there. Smell it. Smell it. And you will have, we'll call ample slash some crema with any, if you use any reputable modern Oh, specialty yeah. roaster. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's yeah. no way you won't get any crema. Yep. There's a quick answer on, on that one. Quick little crema blast. What's the deal with crema? Crema. In or out? Oh, it's in. <laughs> it's still, in. Still fan. Matthew. Marshall. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for the best coffee podcast out there. Hey, thank you for listening. I'm looking at starting a small shop in a small neighborhood, and I'm currently researching espresso machines. I spent the last five years managing a shop that did not use La Marzocco machine, but I have been blown away with the quality I've tasted from some of the other shops when I travel. Do you guys have a preference between the Strata or the Linea? Are there any shops killing it with a two group, or is it really worth to have three or four? I'm not expecting that large of a volume like what I handle now. I'm not expecting that large of a volume like what I handle now. Okay, got it. Lastly, any advice about brands for grinders would be great too. You guys are the best. Your coffee padawan, Matthew. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> Let's talk about this. So <laughs> we should. Good call, Chris. I think you don't need more than a two group. And depending on how much money you want to spend, you don't need a ton of bells and whistles more than a linea. Yeah, let's just say... Let's just go straight to the basics on that one. This is me. the answer that you probably wouldn't expect from us. It doesn't matter. Yeah, surprise. You could buy any of the La Marzocco range and you will be super stoked with your purchase. True story. And money is a real thing. The difference in par- price between the Strata and the Linea is pretty big. I mean, I'm living at my grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, if I if we if we decided to buy a linea instead of a strata, I could pay rent for multiple months. <laughs> We're not gonna though. We're still gonna buy a strata. We're actually getting a strata, so yeah. it's it's coming in. It's worth it though. It's worth it for us. It's what we want. It's what we want, and, and we have reasons though. We have reasons, and reasons. we have the means. Let's just talk about the strata for a little bit. Wait, do you want to do that? Yeah. So for you, Matthew, I would suggest. I'm just assuming that you're on a budget. You might be just straight balling and don't even care. But Good for you. Assuming you're on a budget, I'd say buy what you can afford. Anything in the LM range is going to be happy, super kick butt for you. Many butts. Reasons we love the Strata. One, the drip tray. Amen, the drip it's tray. It's freaking enormous, and I love it. So it does It's adjustable as well. It's adjustable, and I like it in the high spot. I and can go both ways. He goes both ways. <laughs> 
you can put i like it in the high because you can stash stuff underneath it yeah so it's like a little pocket you can put steaming pitchers you can put extra portafilters you could put like i don't know whatever whatever you want maybe like maybe like a sandwich like a cat in a hat <laughs> yeah like a cat or a cloud under there flask of whiskey yeah just really work that one of hangover those. thing yeah hair <laughs> of the dog fixes everything smoothie um and i love that the drip tray has that real estate where you can put the pitcher on there throw the steam wand on it and just ghost ride it steaming with no hands you can do it on a linea too it's just a little bit more precarious yeah there's less angle on the steam wand perching or there's it's more like kind of there's more angle the yeah you yeah, have to be a little more specific. Yeah, it's intense. You got to lock it in perfect. Yeah, and you can't move as quickly. No, Strata is really easy to do that with. So for us, that real estate is nice. It's worth it for us. And it's got some tech, but I really believe, and I think Jerry does too, that you'll be able to pull awesome espresso on either of these machines. Yeah, tech is not what's going to be the difference between your quality and lack of thereof. Yeah, for us, it's a form follows function kind of thing yep this thing is built the way we want it to be so we're to going do what we want to do yeah. in our shop and what we want to train to do feeling that uh, the other ones are awesome gb5 is fun the steam one the steam the actual milk i think that you can steam off of a gb5 currently is the best milk it's so good it's the best milk and Buttery. you have one of the easiest control factors there because the steam ones are slightly different than that of the linea yeah yeah the, the valve assembly is different right uh -huh. so that's great. Um, and then, you know, that's what are the, that's the big ones. It's the big boys at this point. I mean, the PB is actually really awesome, too, but it's basically a linear and you're going to spend more money on it. And um, there's some again, it's tech in there. So honestly, though, you could you could save yourself some issues if you got something that was auto volumetric and you got really good at setting that you could get your speed of service up. So if you got a two group PB and you wanted to invest in that um, or an AV, they're both worth looking at as far as potentially speeding up your service and maybe maybe improving your accuracy it depends yeah. on who you're where you're at it might be a good meet in the middle because yeah. it'll be cheaper than a strata uh -huh. but more expensive than like a linea classic exactly which i assume you're talking about linea classic when you say linea but i don't know it's classic classic great great any advice about brands for grinders malconic bro i'm a big fan of malconic i really like their stuff yeah i just i just do consistency is huge I feel like they're committed to R&D on an ongoing basis, and I yep. think that's why I like them. Mm -hmm. They're not like, okay, we came out with this grinder, and it's been chilling for six years, and we're just going to roll with it. Yeah, like, we're Especially in their espresso line, they're making moves to update kind of every year or every other year to bring out new stuff, and I appreciate the R&D. And I know the people over there that are doing the R&D, and they're kicking butt. Mm -hmm. Kyle's kicking butt over there. So... Love it. We're going to have some of their grinders in the shop. Oh, we're going to have some of their grinders. For sure. That's where we're at. Get that stuff. And good luck to you starting up the shop. You got to do it. If it's your dream, you got to do it. You got to do it. Chase it like a dragon. Like the dragon. Mm. Is that uh, is that maybe one episode right there? Yeah, we could strap a whole webisode with that, I think. Any, I just, any other crazy last a question? A nice 38 minute. Well, this one might be a good one. But we could do a final de cosecha. Final de cosecha. That means end of the harvest. <laughs> Edwin, this one's kind of cool. Edwin, yo, I just started listening to the podcast and it was fun timing. I'm drinking a natural Misty Valley. Yeah, you are. Uh -huh. From Andy Town and SF. And was wondering if you guys can tell me a bit more about the Misty Valley. Seems like you guys might have a lot to say. I got an especially coffee about four years ago. And this is my first time seeing, hearing about drinking Misty Valley. Thanks, dudes. 
legendary legendary shit the right there dude misty. legendary misty valley it's never been mistier no man it, actually it was mistier than ever in like 2007 yeah, or maybe something it's like had that. better years 2008 to be it's it was misty it's still very sweet and fruity but so edwin misty valley is kind of like the quintessential naturally processed coffee it's the og it's the og and if you are not familiar with naturally processed coffees basically it goes like this coffee grows on a little shrub and the coffee bean that we drink is actually the pit of this cherry so there's generally two beans inside a cherry and to get that thing out they have to process it so they'll strip the cherry off yep get rid of that mucilage and get down to the bean but in a naturally processed coffee and again if you guys know all about processing we covered processing in another episode so this is like a real quick skim over for edwin here yep so don't write us and talk us about processing please yeah, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we get already it. know we also know that they're tec- technically seeds not beans it's cool but people call them coffee beans and i don't really care that we're trying to relate to humans here <laughs> yeah i was like <laughs> i don't need to correct everyone who's like actually it's a seed i get it so, so do they maybe <laughs> now <laughs> they pick the cherry and instead of stripping that skin off and removing the mucilage they'll lay that cherry hole out to dry on like a race screen bed or maybe a patio and they'll let it kind of chill for a while break it down break it down dude get some decomposition going on and then they'll then they'll haul that off eventually to get to the bean slash seed <laughs> slash whatever you want to call it Pod. and this imparts this like really sweet like aggressively fruity flavor to the coffees and it's probably why you're like whoa this coffee's different than all the other coffees that i've had because i think all of us have had that experience i definitely had that experience at stumptown with a cupping and it was some harar like naturally processed harar and i was like what the shit this is different it smells like purple you put it in the grinder (laughs) and it's like purple comes out People need to drink naturals. It's actually really important. I feel like naturals are so, so, so important to getting more consumers into specialty coffee. And I don't really care how many of us ultimate coffee nerds don't like them. I think it's not worth talking trash about them. Just keep your opinion to yourself and don't drink them. And don't try to get people to stop serving them because the reality is, to this day, I haven't served one to somebody who is outside of the circle of third wave coffee and the knowledge that a lot of us carry who has had it and been like, they can't deny it whether or not they love it and drink it all the time. Most of them end up loving it. Most of them end up being like, wow, I can't believe coffee could be like this. And I know you've heard everybody say this over and over again, but I recently again heard somebody be like, naturals aren't good. We don't serve naturals. We're against them. And it was that actual shop I was at over my trip to Oregon. And that bummed me out. So are you saying that you would rather turn 20 people on to specialty coffee and serve them naturals than turn zero people on to specialty coffee but not have naturals? I would rather jump right off the high horse, (laughs) get down on the street level with the the human beings who don't get us, and hopefully bring them in, yeah. And maybe that's not groundbreaking for all you barista champions in the world, but I I literally heard a customer come in and say, hey, do you have any naturally processed coffees I want to get a pour over? And the response was something to the effect of we don't we aren't actually our company will never carry a naturally processed coffee. And that's okay. You can stand you can not serve them as a company, but 
you also could serve one and maybe you, it's not your company's favorite, but it's like a crowd favorite. I don't know. That's, that's just where my head's at. I'm, I'm open to them. I still like them. Alita's great. I don't drink it every single day. It's one of my favorite coffees, but it's not, it's not maybe like the coffee I would drink all day, every single day. And just that's awesome. Embrace the rainbow. There's a lot of flavors out there. There's a lot of different things going on. Just take them all for what they are. Take them what they are. Drink them. Use them. It's a nice coffee. There's some good ones. There's some really good <laughs> There's ones. There's some really good ones. Really good ones. You can't deny that. So, Edwin, to kick you the, the game just a little bit harder, a lot of people at the upper echelon of our industry don't like naturally processed coffees. And I think what happened for a really long time is people were passing off really poor quality naturally processed coffees and pretending like they were good because even the really crappy ones still had that big fruit forward flavor and you could pass it off as a really nice coffee when in fact it wasn't. And there's a whole, there's a whole other list of things yep. that it's too long to get into. Uh, yeah, but that's it. You, what was the question? Yep. Uh, he, no, coffee? it wasn't a specific question. He just, like, he had his first deal? experience with Misty Valley and he's like, what the heck is the deal with this? It's a naturally processed coffee and it's got that fruit that you love, bro. And if that's not actually just enough that he wrote us in because he had an experience with a naturally processed coffee, all those words I just said were like, they don't even need to be said. Like if you just break it down, somebody wrote an email saying what's up with this coffee and what's up with naturals. No one's ever wrote an email being like, I just had this like washed yeah. Colombian coffee. I had a very and middle of the road cup. And what's it was up just with that? really good. And you know what I mean? Whether it's yeah. like the best coffee in the world or not, it, it doesn't matter. It's this coffee struck a chord in this guy's mind it changes the way he thinks about coffee now to take it even a step further i've had more people complain about us as an industry shoving geishas down their throats and having them not like them than the other way around where you don't shove a natural down their throats and they're happily impressed and that's very real from my experience and i like geishas but people have been charged a lot of money to try a coffee that we've all talked up and they have not been impressed on the level that they paid for that cup of coffee. Right. And they have been impressed with a middle of the road, very fruity cup of naturally Natural. processed coffee. And that I've seen. And that is enough for me to rest my case. For me. The defense rests. So the next time you see Jer walking down the street, just go shove a natural down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> the next time you write me some hate mail, I will read it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can send all of your hate mail to... <laughs> info at catandcloud.com. We will read all that email and respond to most of it. Respond to most of it. We've been getting a lot of contact stuff lately, so we're probably a bit behind. So if you wrote us and we haven't got back to you, we apologize, but we're working on it. We're doing a lot of stuff. There's really only three of us. It's myself, Jared, and Charles handling everything. So we've bit off big chunks and we're going to chew them. We're going to chew them nice and slow. We're chewing we it slow. Them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Protein's high. Carbs are low. Carbs are low. Yeah. We're going to get clean it slow. eating. Mm, getting some clean eating. All right, guys. That was a Q&A episode reunion show. We're back. Everyone's back in Santa Cruz. We're crushing it. Thanks so much for writing in. Thanks so much for listening. There's a bunch of coffee podcasts popping up, which is pretty fun. So if you guys spend your time listening to ours, we really appreciate that. And if you want to hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and leave us a review... We would much appreciate it. We think our info is awesome. And the more reviews and ratings we get, the easier it'll be for people to find us when they're searching for coffee on iTunes. So that's 
special. We love your time. We do. It's really, really fun. We enjoy doing this stuff. It's kick buns, as Jared says. Kick buns. Kick buns. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's that's JT signing off, bro. Yep, this is CB signing off. You've been listening to Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast, and we're coming to get you. We really are, guys. Bye. Bye.